Addio, mia bella Napoli, addio, addio. Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 30th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell. I am recording this late at night in Paisley in the west of Scotland. Even later at night is Michele Borelli over in Naples, Bella Napoli. How's it going, Michele? Yes, all good. So you have nothing to complain about then. I just want to make it known that this guy has been complaining that he's too tired to record today. And so basically, you know, like this, yeah, you're a traitor to all our listeners, like our billions and billions of listeners who are dis- who would have been disappointed if True. I didn't I didn't convince you to record today. As so, yes. well, we're lifting the curtain that I, I may have finished work rather late and got home rather late. Yes. And... But we're here, we're doing it. And how can we not? I mean, we absolutely have to do it because of the incredible uh, week that we've had as Napoli fans. Yes. Um, we've got... A... Today, listeners will not be surprised to hear. We're mostly going to be th- talking about what happened at the airport. You were there, weren't you, Michele? I certainly was. Yeah, and if you go to our Twitter account, dear listeners, at Shadow of Vesuvio, you will see a video captured by, you know, Napoli's most up-and-coming guerrilla filmmaker, uh, Michele Borelli. Um, watch this space. And uh, so please do head there, give us a follow and stuff. But anyway, before we get cracking on, just dipping your minds into the celebratory chaos that was uh, Napoli on, on Sunday night and early Monday morning, it's episode number 30. What is number 30, Michele, in the... Napoli Tombola. I believe that with number 30, we end the three number strike of dirty numbers. Unfortunately, we go back to normal numbers after this. But nonetheless, this is number 30. And number 30 is a pallo d'otenente. A pallo d'otenente in Napolitan. In uh, Italian, would be le palle del tenente. In English, it would be the lieutenant's balls. Ah. Yes, this the, episode the is about bo- yeah, it's about the bo- military balls, not just balls, just military balls. So these are quite important, pretty important episode we have here. Is there any reason that the balls are inside uniform? No, you don't. You don't ask this question. You just accept the tombola. You don't question. Just accept it. the balls. Just... Yes, just accept the lieutenant. Why you? A good question would have been why not the general's balls? You know. Or something yeah. like that. Someone more important. Is it more important than lieutenants? I think so. Yes. No, lieutenant too... yes. is, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, nice. I, I, you know, I very briefly had to be in the Royal Air Force cadets as a kid. Mm. And I had flat feet. And <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at the sergeant major that used to shout at us. I don't think I've got the right mentality for the military. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, um, I could have. I could have. Yeah, I could have guessed that. Yeah, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, so we've had some very saucy Napoli tombolas. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that things are going to get much more serious after this because I do worry about the um, the moral development of our listeners. Uh, yes. I, I worry that you lead them astray, Michele, with your filthy mind. If you remember way back when we started this podcast, you're obsessed with uh, salacious gossip from what, what Napoli players were getting up to in in nightclubs, do you remember Michele? Yes, I always am. I always am. I'm asking about rumors every day. Every day, I recently met a guy who 
who knows the uh, organizers for uh, like part like clubs nights. So basically, there is a well, I don't want to name names, but there is a a big club in the Napoli province where players are known to go to celebrate or just like have have fun. And this yeah. guy was telling me we, we were watching uh, Juve Napoli together, and this guy was actually not a Napoli fan. He's like a neutral. He doesn't care about football. But he was telling me that he knows these people. And uh, so these people know uh, Napoli players. He attended, this friend of mine attended uh, one of these parties where Napoli players were. Um, in particular, uh, he mentioned Fabian Ruiz and Milik, actually. I'm going to name names now. Well, and no wonder the, they looked so exhausted on the pitch. Yeah, because that was, well, I mean, I think he started to talk about Milik because I was... Uh, throwing a lot of a lot of bad words in this direction because I really I really don't like Milik like I think the, the the thing I said was I'm so happy to see Milik actually giving up a positive contribution to Napoli now and that's because he always always is wearing another team's shirt I'm so happy that we got rid of this guy I, I hated him like from the moment he came back from the injuries like it was so Can you bad. remember so when bad. he was the face of Napoli Tinder? Do you remember the, the weirdest <laughs> yeah. club endorsement in the history of football? How can I forget? Um, that was just so awkward. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he really helped us out. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, these guys, yeah, they first participated to, you know, club parties and the, the anecdote. Huh? I, you know, I talk about Shakespeare. I'm trying to raise the standard. But this is so interesting. How can you not be interested in that? He said to me that Milik and Ruiz flirted with all the girls in the club and no girl would say yes. They all send them away. How fun is that? And this Napoli is... women understand football better than <laughs> exactly any right. women in the world. There we go. So, I mean... so nice. Our women's team should actually be doing better, actually. But anyway, um, wonderful. There we go. So, there, listeners, if you're more interested in 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 gossip and balls, that opening section of the podcast was for you. Uh, you can't see how happy Michele is right now. So, talking of happiness, right? I'm not going to build this up and go step by step. Um, the game finished. How did you get from the end of the game? to standing in a crowd full of people waving flags, singing at uh, Kvice Kvaratskhelia, wearing a cowboy hat on top of a bus. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, yeah. So the game ended and uh, we had a very uh, long uh, post-game celebration. And my I was in a friend's place. So it was like three, four of us. We watched the game. We celebrated after that. And then, you know, my first uh, thought after the game was, okay, you know, they might come back. I mean, I know for a fact that they, they usually uh, come back right the night, uh, like a few hours after the game ends. If it's an away game, if a, if it's a night away game, especially if it's in Italy, they don't. They re- very rarely sleep in the uh, city where the game is played. So you know, my mind instantly went there. I was like, oh, maybe they're gonna go come back pretty soon. So I checked flight radar. I try to find the exact flight. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually did. I, I actually subscribed to Flight Radar to have the 30 days trial because otherwise you can't really track the, 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 the flights. And <laughs> I found the plane and it was scheduled to depart at 1.30. So at that time it was like after midnight. So I said, okay, look, I mean, 
after and this. What did your friends think of you? Did they are they worried about you? Do they? I tried to convince all of them, but you know they are. Well, I don't want to say they are plastic, but they they prioritize their jobs instead. So they said, imagine. you know, like I have to. Yeah, can you imagine, right? So yeah, they said, you know, like we can come, but uh, yeah, go for us. So actually, just one friend uh, decided to come with me, which is good actually because I would have. I mean, I went with my scooter, so I have no space for. More than one. Yes. This is like the most Neapolitan thing yeah, that's yeah. ever happened. So there is the no other finishes. way. Absolutely no other way. So yeah, the game finishes. I realized that, I mean, I told them I'm not going to go, I'm not going to fall asleep before 4 a.m. today anyway, because I mean, I'm going to go home. I'm going to maybe go to bed and then I'm going to read and watch all the videos, all the highlights. I'm going to read all the forums, all everything. So, I mean, might as well, might as well go to the airport. So we on the scooter, on... you go on the yeah, scooter. Exactly. So we hopped on the scooter, and uh, we immediately went to the airport. Fun fact: I actually went in, uh, to the wrong exit at the beginning. So there, are, I, I didn't know about that. To be honest, I went to the class. Like, to, if you ever been to Napoli, you know that there is only one entrance to the airport. There is a yeah. big roundabout, and then you go to the you know the glass entrance of the airport. And so, that's also the exit. So I went there instantly because, I mean, I didn't know about anything else. And I was surprised. I told, I told my friend, wow, I was expecting, you know, maybe not a huge crowd, but I was expecting more than the 50 people who were there. There were only like 50 people and, you know, a couple of flares, a big flag. I was like, well, you know, like, hey, okay. I mean, it's a big win, but I mean, I was expecting a few more, not a lot, a few more. And then a guy came next to us and, uh, and said, you know, this is not the exit, right? I said, well, what do you mean? I said, oh yeah, the exit is on the other side. They're never gonna, they're gonna board the the team bus right on the uh, right from the um, from the plane. They're not gonna go through the airport at all. So we hopped on the scooter again. We went to the side of the airport, and sure enough, ultras, flags, banners, flares, how many everywhere. Were the, would you say were were that? Uh, you know, I've been thinking about that because I read some news. You know, some article said 10,000 people celebrates Navoli, celebrate Navoli going back. And uh, another article said 1,000 people. So I was like, well, that's a big difference. I think, you know, it's hard to estimate because I couldn't see all the way to the end of the crowd. Uh, I would estimate probably three, three, four thousand, something like Incredible. that, maybe. Three, I guess. And, and so what? Maybe more. I don't know. Honestly, so you arrive there. So there's this huge amount of people. So yes. what's your what's your vibe? Do you want to get in the middle of it, or do you want to stay on the yes. edge? Or... So the thing is, we arrived relatively late because first of all, we didn't leave right after the game. I think a lot of people were there since the game uh, ended, and uh, obviously we left a couple of hours after the game ended because I was tracking the flies. So I was like, there's no point in going so early and uh, so organized i love it yeah right yeah and and obviously when we went there when we arrived we were at the wrong exit for like 30 minutes so when we arrived it was already i love sorry i've got this image of you waiting for 30 minutes going there's only 50 people here yeah but i mean i was i was calm yeah i was i was not stressed because again i was tracking the flight so i knew that the flight didn't uh hadn't uh landed yet so after it landed then I I immediately went on Instagram because uh, Aussie Man was having some like quite crazy Instagram lives. So I tracked wonderful. the flight it was and then completely bizarre. It was like avant garde cinema, I think. Yeah, Aussie Man's a beautiful, uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah, very just crazy like the night that we had. So 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, so anyway, we went to the exit, and I didn't yeah. see any bus, so I said I started to question it, and then I uh, spoke to this guy, and he told me like everyone started moving to the uh, side exit at the same time. We were with the scooter, so we overtook all of them, and yeah, we went there, and it was already super crowd- crowded. So I parked my scooter a little bit further away, and then we walked where all the ultras were. I was also wondering about I was because I I, I saw an ultras. So I was like, I mean, where are your trust? You know, I expected at least your trust to be there. And then I realized that maybe it was the, the truth right. is over. Shit. Yeah, exactly. What's happening? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, cool. yeah, it was, it was beautiful when we arrived. It was like all the flags of Curva B because Curva A and one group from Curva B were in Turin, obviously. So yeah. when we arrived, all the classic flags were there and all, a lot of flares. People climbed everything that was climbable. I don't know if it's a word, but literally they were, they were wall because obviously around the airports, there are walls with barbed wires because you're not supposed to, you know, like climb fences and walls around the airport, but people didn't care. So people were almost hugging barbed wires. It was kind of, kind of fun to see. And yeah, I mean, we waited, uh, I would say about 30 minutes. And what was was the, what were, what were people talking about? What was the general? No, it was a lot, a lot of chants, a lot of, you know, it was it, a couple of very nice new banners. There was, I don't know if, I, 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 don't, I don't think I sent you the picture of it. Maybe I'm going to send the picture and we can post it. It was a very nice banner. I think it's super big. I think it's at least, I don't know, 10, 15 meters, something like that. Huge banner, which depicts the, you know, the uh, tactic that we have when we start the game. So everyone, all the players yeah, on yeah, the like sideline. Yeah. So just like that picture, basically, and the words on the top of the banner are always forwards, like always oh, in attack. So cool. So it's it. so cool. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Then there was another banner mocking a uh, Milan banner. So that's a little bit harder to explain, maybe, but it's worth explaining, I guess. So there is a big series going on, uh, TV series going on in Italy right now, which is called um, Omar Four. Which in Italian, it's Napolitan. Oh, yeah. I don't watch it, but I know it's famous. It's uh, based on the uh, juvenile uh, jail, which is in Napoli, in Nisida, in the Nisida Island. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a teenage TV series, but it's super famous. It's on national TV, actually, now. So it's they all turned up at the San Remo Festival, didn't they? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So. uh, the they, kid had some banter with uh, Amadeus, didn't didn't it? With the he was exactly. said that, that that Inter must be cold at minus fifteen or something. Exactly right. Yeah. So the name of oh, this right. series is Omar Fori, which in 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 English would be uh, the sea outside. Which is, I mean, just to, I mean, to describe what the uh, inmates in this jail see, because it's a very small island. It's right. I mean, it's a beautiful location actually. And obviously, everything they can see is just, you know, like the ocean, the sea. So Omare Fori, which is the sea outside the jail, basically. Uh, Milan fans, after we got knocked out by them in Champions League, um, they showed a banner in their stadium, the game, the, the ne- their next home game, which says, um, basically, it mocked the uh, song of the series, which, which says, don't worry, uh, my friend, the sea, there is a sea outside. And they mocked this uh, song by saying, don't worry, my friend, Nap- Naples is outside, which is a wordplay, you know, Napoli, Naples is, uh, Napoli is out of Champions League. That's what they meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Napoli, yeah, the Napoli trust answer to that was, don't worry, my friend, Napoli is champion. It's, it was nice. quite beautiful, right in front of the gate where the bus came out uh, from. 
And yeah, I mean, it was super crowded. crowded. I didn't even try to get close to the gate uh, because it was, I mean, there was no way we could have gotten close. So I planned a little bit. So I said, okay, look, they're going to go outside the gate and they're, they're, go they're surely going to turn left because they have to go on the highway. So let's go to the left. You know, they're going to, they're going to, instead of going, us going to them, they're going to come to us. So let's wait for the bus to come to us. And it actually happened. So we waited. Yeah, I think you were definitely the most organized person there, Michaela. You looked up the flight on, in fact, you, you subscribed <laughs> to a flight tracker. Exactly. You, you checked every single entrance. And now you were sort of predicting the, um, the exact route of this bus. This is, this is incredible. It is um, incredible, but I mean, what else can we do? You know, there were celebrations. There were celebrations to do. And so what happens when the plane lands? Like, did you see the plane actually come down and land? Did you see that? No, I didn't. I, I tracked it on the, on the app, but I didn't actually see the plane land. Um, I, you know, it took a long time from when the plane landed to when the bus came out because it was... Like it basically it went at a one kilometer per hour because it was obviously surrounded by a lot of people, a lot of fans. So it was going super, super slowly. I think by the time they opened the gates and they let the bus out uh, to the time it reached me. And that was about, I don't know, 50 meters away, more or less. It took them 20, 25 minutes, something like that. So wow. it, it was, yeah, it was driving super slowly, surrounded by people. I was watching Osimens live. Uh, just to see what was going on because it was so far away. Probably more confused, rather you know, having seen that than before from his uh, directorial um, style, Victor Osimhen, very influenced by the Czech avant-garde of the of the nineteen forties. Exactly. Yeah, and I was actually very tense because I had to. It was basically a gamble for me. I, I told my, I convinced my friend not to try to go in the middle of the crowd. I said, "Let's wait here because Ooh. they're gonna come to us." And my, my friend said, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, trust me. So uh, we actually went a little bit further away. We waited for the bus to come to us. And uh, it was impossible to see where the bus was headed because it was surrounded by flares. Yeah, we were taking a gamble because obviously I, 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 I took an informed guess about where the uh, bus would, would be turning. Because obviously, you, the, after the, 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 the bus left the airport, it could turn right or it could turn left. And I was convinced it would turn left, but I couldn't see it until the very end because the, the bus was surrounded by people and was surrounded by flares and smoke bombs. It was completely surrounded by um, just smoke everywhere. I want to know, when did the players get out of the coach of the bus onto the roof? When did that happen? Uh, I think it happened, well, I mean, it happened almost immediately. I think the first guy to come out was uh, Osimen, right? And after okay. that, everyone followed. So Osimen was really crazy. I was watching his live and he was like, yeah, we have to celebrate. There's a lot to celebrate. Let's go crazy. I don't care what people say. We have to celebrate tonight. Uh, Napoli fans, be happy. Let's rejoice and stuff like that. So it was really going crazy. And what yeah, happened? Was... What did the crowd do when Osimhen? No, I went crazy. It was like it was complete chaos. It was already complete chaos. As I said, the bus was surrounded by by smoke, by smoke flares, smoke bombs everywhere. So it was very peaceful. I, to be honest, I'll be honest. 
I'm a little bit surprised that no one got hurt because mm-hmm. as I said, everyone was climbing everything. There was even a, um, a waste collection truck right in front of the exit. I think the guy refused to work the night. They just said, okay, I'm going to wait for the players to come out. And people climbed it. So they went on top of the truck and they were just uh, waiting for the, for, like, for the bus like everyone else. Uh, was it wasn't just driving by, you know, like people were actively following it. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was uh, lovely. You know, I I had never done anything like it. It's, you know, I wouldn't say it's a tradition, but is it is common when Napoli wins a huge away game, when they come back, especially with his night, people just go there and wait for it. I think the last time I can remember it happening, it was well. Five years ago, almost exactly five years ago, when Napoli won with Koulibaly in Torino against Juve. Incredible, isn't it? And, then, and he yeah. scored in the same minute. Well, anyway, we'll talk about the game in a sec. So you've been there for a bit. There's thousands of people. The, the, the coach turns out. The players are on the roof. What happens then? So how long does it stay in and amongst this crowd? And then did, uh... did you follow it? Were you part of that scooter motorcade following the coach? That no, Lisa was uh, was showing us on his. Uh... No, no, I didn't yeah. think no because they they had the other way, you know. They I I well, once I go to the highway, they go right toward Castel Volturno and the training center. To go home, I have to go left towards the Vesuvius, oh, okay. towards the shadow of the Vesuvius. So I decided, you know, it's four a.m. I've done what I had to do. Let's plastic. go home now. <laughs> yeah, plastic fan. Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent plastic. Yes, I agree. But, but no, you did I didn't follow, follow the coach on your on your scooter. Amazing. So how many other scooters were kind of doing that? I don't know. I didn't I didn't follow the, the bus. I followed the bus uh, on foot. So while they were going through the crowd, you know, like they went past me and then I walked all the way around the crowd again and I waited like hundred meters ahead. So just to take another p- other pictures or the videos. Oh. I have a lot I sent you only one, but I have a lot of videos. Send me them all, and I'll I'll whack them up on our on our Twitter yes. if you want. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, Di Lorenzo threw a scarf in my face. Mate, have you got the scarf? No, the guy next to me did. Ah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't probably like a special scarf. Probably someone threw the scarf at him, and he and threw he did, it back yeah. at us. Yeah. So. But you haven't washed that face since, have you? Absolutely, because... absolutely not. You I won't. Know, it's, gonna, so... it's gonna rot away now. Yeah. And uh, one last question about all this. So, like. Uh... What songs were people singing? Is it anything? Is there anything new? Is it what anything particular springs to mind? I think the usual chants. You know, I like how we adopted some new chants this season. Obviously, I would say, like for example, "La Capolista Seneva." How would you translate that? Um, I don't know, mate. "La Capolista Seneva." "La Capolista" is the first in the table. The Capolista goes away. Top of the league, yeah. Top of the league goes away. That doesn't sound right. That's it's why like you don't translate chance, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. No, well, that's... I, I don't speak Italian really. I mean, obviously, I can say C. Um, plastic. I'm the plastic. Okay. Yes. Can you give us just a little? Go on, go on. Give us just a little, little, little bit. They actually, the players chanted this in the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, there is a hilarious video of Juntoli chanting that in the dressing room. You I love it, and he sort room. of walks. He's chewing gum, yeah. isn't he? he? Sort of walks past. He's kind of saying, yeah, 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 I love it. Yeah, este ne va, la capolista yes. se ne va. Yeah, we said we yeah we started chanting that at the stadium, and yeah, a lot of 
love so the that chance. chart is about being at the top of the league. Yes, exactly. It's about it's about the team. Mate. It's about the team being top of the league, just distancing themselves from the competition, basically. Well, what and a perfect story to tell. Perfect, yes. yes. And okay. I think my favorite chant from that night is a chant to celebrate Chucky Lozano, <laughs> because you know what? While you're there, you're not really thinking about that clearly. You're not rational. You're just like, you see a player, you celebrate that player. It could be Marfella, you know, it could be Di Lorenzo, it could be Gaetano, you don't care. Yeah, like, the rule is, whoever gives you attention, you celebrate him. So wow, at that, one is, point, that, is, that is blind joy when you're chanting about Chucky Lozano. Exactly. So at one point, just Lozano came out, it was on top of the bus, it was like celebrating with all the fans, and everyone just started chanting. Chucky Lozano. I was so happy. I don't think you ever got any chance. I mean, we usually don't do any chance in Napoli for the players. We talked about that in the past. But, you know, if we if we do one, you know, it's not going to be for Chucky Lozano. So it was I really... To, I mean, I do my best to stay um, as rational as possible on my Twitter account. But even I did an all-caps lock tweet saying... Chucky Lozano leave Napoli as soon as possible for uh, his terrible performance against Juventus. But who cares, man? We won, and I'm very glad that he's got a chance. Um, great. So he got back up four in the morning. It's funny, wasn't it? Like, let's talk about our feelings, Michele. Because, you know. Ooh, wow. Concerning what? For each other or about the. What else? Welcome. Welcome to late night Napoli. No. Um, you know, as you correctly pointed out, almost exactly five years on, uh, the goal happens almost at exactly the same time. Um, I was really flattened by the Milan stuff. And I don't want to dwell on that because it's such a, we're in a great moment and we should enjoy that moment. But I was really numb for about a week afterwards. And it really wasn't until about an hour before the Juventus game that I actually felt like somebody who could watch culture. And for me, that goal that Raspadori scored was this great catharsis, this, as Aristotle tells us in the Poetics, this purging of pity and terror that the that, that Greek theatre used to do. It was the same feeling for me, all this latent sadness that I built up and I felt very numb by the team's performances. I was very depressed. I thought, oh God, it's all going to fall apart. And then... That beautiful run by Zielinski, a lovely looping cross from Elmas, and then that first time hit from Raspadori. Um, and I went completely ballistic. I'm not going to lie, Michaela. I absolutely um, lost my shit in the style of Nicolas Cage. And it was a wonderful feeling. And I have been, I'm not lying, I've been in a good mood ever since. It's been a really busy week at work. Lots of practical assessments for students. So I'm in early in the morning. I'm leaving late at night. It's all stressful. But all my colleagues are like, why are you so calm and happy? And I was like, go and have a look at the Serie A table and you can see why. And they all think I'm completely mad. So for me, it was this great emotional thing. And there's this beautiful symmetry from five years ago. And then seeing all that footage and it just made me really happy. And I thought, you know, my love of this team is, is partly because of the city and I was just so depressed that the city was depressed 
by the Milan thing that it could have been this sort of horrible capitulation this wonderful season and there was just this kind of almost spontaneous re-arrival of joy from that goal hitting the net and I just thought wonderful and I'm still sort of buzzing about it but you you're a bit more rational Michele yeah for once for once yes I don't know why I'm still trying to understand it I'm processing everything that's happening right now but I think as you said I was extremely disappointed about the Milan game it honestly felt like a felt like a you know dream getting shattered I I think what was more uh, most painful uh, about that game about that loss was the feeling that had we won it would have been uh, you know like one of those lifelong memories that you treasure I was at the stadium with um, both my brothers with I don't think has ever happened before weirdly enough my father and three four friends including our good friends Daniel Bowen uh, so mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was, you know, the p- magical, magical night. Uh, the atmosphere was crazy, especially at the, at the beginning. Uh, we were really into it. We were really into it. Uh, I went to Milan to watch yeah. the first leg. And yeah, there was, you know, I, w- I really wanted revenge after that, you know. And you uh, were all well, in on that game. You were all, you was, always are. But I mean, yeah, home and away. And anyway, let's not dwell on it. But yeah, I mean, so when that goal went in, Raspadori, how, how did you feel? No, I mean, I was, I was so happy, obviously. I mean, I celebrated hard with my friends, hugged everywhere. It's, you know, I think not just the goal, but how the goal came after two rightly, let me say that, that again, rightly disallowed goals for Thank Juventus. You Thank you, Milik, for Thank not you, Milik. really being very good at football. And especially after, you know, Quadrado's dive. Basically, That's the funniest was... thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. The most, I, I, mean, I teach theatre. Now, if somebody did that in, in one of my classes, <laughs> I would fail them for their lack of acting ability. It was the worst <laughs> performance I have ever seen. And again, I'm going to say that there's a film that Nicolas Cage did for the money. It's on Netflix. It's about people just vanishing into thin air. I can't remember what it's called. It's called Left Behind or something. I watched it because I had a hangover. That's the worst performance in the history of cinema. <laughs> I agree. That, I agree. That was it, better than, than Podraro's absolute bullshit that he pulled in the box. Sorry, I just had to make that point. Sorry. I agree. I agree with you. And it's even funnier that we scored that goal directly because of uh, Quadrado's dive, because Quadrado uh, stayed on the ground. After that dive, he complained with the referee and he left a big hole where he was supposed to be. And, you know, Raspadori took advantage of it and obviously scored. So it was amazing. It was so good. But um, as you said, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel like it was the end of the world. I mean, let me probably, yeah, I was probably too rational. I'm, just, I'm still trying to understand why. I was, I didn't feel too much pressure about this game, and not just because I was disappointed about the Milan's game, but also because, let's be honest, at the end of the day, a win, a tie, or a loss wouldn't have changed anything in the table. Obviously, winning against Juventus is always nice in and of itself, but that's it. You know, that's what the the win. We've been stuttering so much. It was just for me so significant to give us something back after this period of great hardship. I agree. Three weeks. I sound so spoiled, don't I? But it was no, horrible. No, 
No, you're right. But for example, you know, like if, you, if we compare it to Koulibaly's goal, I think that goal was, I mean, not the season, that specific goal had a much bigger weight because that actually meant something for the table and for the league as a whole. Because oh, if you remember, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, we were four points behind Juventus. If we didn't win that game, it would have been the end, you know, like no, no hopes whatsoever for the rest of the league. Um, so we actually won that game and that gave us hope because we went uh, one point f- uh, behind Juventus after that, uh, yeah. after that goal. And we knew that Juventus had to go to Milan to play against Inter. So we we're all very hopeful about that. So that was uh, a t- we just for me. To Florence, so we to uh, yeah, well, that, well, I mean, I don't remember that, but let's, yeah. you know, like there was a 10 out of 10 goal because that had real implications about about the table, about our hopes for the title and everything else. This win against Juventus, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's really great because when we win, we, I think this is only the third time in my life that I see Napoli win in Turin. And obviously, first time was with Jesus Datolo and Hamsik, 3 2. Yeah, that was what, 2009, was it? Uh, it should have been, uh, I think it was the. Thirty uh, first of October two thousand and nine. I don't quote me on that. Nice. And uh, obviously we won with Kulibali in two thousand and eighteen, and now with Raspadori. So you know, every time it happens, I'm always happy. I don't take it for granted, obviously. But but you know, it was you know just for the sake of it. It didn't have, in my opinion, any real implication for the table for Napoli's destiny in the league because I mean let's be honest we're gonna win it no matter what even if we lost yeah. against Juventus we would have won it it's because you're plastic Michele it's because you're plastic that, that's why you're not you're not as emotional as me I'm a I real was Napoli extremely fan. happy but I, you have to understand after we won in Turin in 2018 I cried for 40 minutes and people came next to me I was in the Napoli fans club Udine because I used to live in Udine at the time and people came to me and they wanted to make sure that I was feeling all right because people thought I was feeling sick. Like they thought they would have to bring me to the hospital because I was laying down, crying on the phone with my, I was talking to my friends, my father, I don't even remember. I was just crying for 40 minutes after the goal. And people came to me and was like, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just too happy. And then the high fives all around. So that was what happened in 2018. Uh, okay, I mean, I can see how you set the bar quite high, right? Uh, you know, that's right? quite hard to, uh, <laughs> quite hard to match. I think, so, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, having um, said that, incredible win, incredible win. So, do you believe, Michele? Now, do I believe? Well, you know, I think there is a good chance that we could actually. Qualify for the next Champions League? No, is that mathematical? No, that's true, right? No, we I already think it qualified. Was almost exactly a year ago, Michele, when I asked you that question, I remember because <laughs> it was around Easter time, and I was in Sardinia, and we—I remember it sparked quite a debate amongst our our nascent listenership. Um, incredible, isn't it, to think that that's now a ridiculous question? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'll be honest. I've I've started believing. Probably, uh, let me see. Let me think about this the exact game i would say more or less a month ago okay. probably i don't remember the specific game but uh yeah i mean it's i mean it became clear maybe n- not just that napoli was too good but that you know our competitors wouldn't be good enough to catch us yeah. back you know i never 
I, you know, I get messages every time saying, you know, I was afraid of Lazio, I was afraid of Inter. I was a little bit afraid of Inter. I was never afraid of Lazio. I'll be honest. I was I'm never afraid of Lazio. I mean, no as one's much, afraid of Lazio. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Sarri, and yes, I still love Sarri, uh, I was never afraid. There was a goal afraid. they scored about a week ago that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, which is very confusing for me because it's Lazio. Um, the... It's lots. But I think on. I think you've really hit the nail on the head because I think genuinely, don't laugh at me. It wasn't till Sunday that I thought, right, here we go, because I've just there's been so many years of things going wrong and just absurd nonsense. Just when you think things, and there was just something about that Raspadori goal, and it just felt like getting the party started. It felt like this is the iconic moment. And actually how wonderful that there's going to be that sort of punctuation. The the, the story, it's such a weird season and the stories are told with these hugely iconic goals and moments. And that will be the moment that we can say, this is when the Scudetto was sealed, I think. And that was very satisfying, I think. I think, but- yeah, it's a nice story. I don't believe it's 100% true because I don't think this is the game that gave us the title. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we won, we won, we, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, we won, I think we won the title. I mean, not, not in practice, but we won the title probably like two or three weeks ago, a month ago. Some people would, would say three say? months ago. I mean, some people would say the 5 1 actually against, against you, but that was quite early. I can tell you, maybe it's too early to think, to talk about all, the whole season, but I can tell you right now that the first time I actually got scared because that's how much I I'm, it makes it, it makes me nervous. The first game I got actually scared that we could win the title. I got scared. I mean, I get scared because I don't know what to expect from myself. That's why I don't know what reaction I'm gonna have. Sure. So I got scared. I actually started to contemplate that we could actually win it. Against Udinese, when we gone, when we won against the the game against Udinese at home, obviously, I mean the the only game we played at home, I yeah. think it was a three. What was it a three two? It was back in November, Napoli Udinese three two, and uh, after that game, uh, I I I cried. I think I cried at the third Napoli goal. Yeah, we talked about it, and that was the name. It was called Tears. Was the name of that podcast because. Exactly. Of those two goals, fuck yes, yeah, sorry, pardon my French. Yeah, that was so agonizingly horrible. Those last ten minutes of yeah. thinking, oh god, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 exactly yeah. right. So after that, I, I said, I, I started crying. A lot of people around me also cried, and I, 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 I told everyone around me. I, I thought about it very clearly. I said, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be alive come June because this is too much for me. Like, if this is what we have to go through. Then I'm not gonna be alive. I'm gonna die before this season ends. Napoli helped me there a realize, little bit. Doesn't it make you think back to what it must have been like in 1987? I mean, can you imagine? Just and it was much closer then. And then you also had much better teams around. Um, and they'd never won it before. Oh my god, can you imagine what it would have been like? Just the the tension, the constant. Oh my god! Yes, and I, thought, um, I've, I've been thinking about that my whole life. That's why this is such a big deal because I've been hearing stories about eighty-seven, eighty-six, and eighty-nine and ninety from my father, who was a Curva B season ticket, from my grandfather, who was a big Napoli fan, from all my relatives, all my father's friends, everyone from that generation. 
uh, everyone just, you know, the Maradona era, the Maradona legends. You know, yeah, I mean, probably we're going to have an episode just dedicated to that. But yes, I mean, the expert, that's why it's, it's, this is such a big deal. But this uh, is how we feel now with all these points clear. Yeah. Imagine yeah. what it was like. It's kind of funny. Two, two points for a win and you got yeah. the best players in the world. Anyway. I know, um, but about that, you know what's funny? That I've been talking, you know, based also on the fact that we've been fighting for the Scudetto more or less for a decade, I would say, you know, since Mazzari, yeah. it wasn't a real possibility, to be honest, with Mazzari. But still, you know, we're second, we're in third. And, sure. you know, it was always close for us, obviously. And, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of feel weird about this Codetta now because we have we are used to close fights you know like in 2018 you know there was such mm. a big close fight with Juventus and eventually obviously we didn't win but it was such a close fight a close race even in as you said in uh, 86 87 and 89 90 it was very close so now winning it and probably with the biggest uh, advantage in the history of Serie A or something very close to it it feels unreal. A lot of people, because obviously in our minds, we've been thinking about it. You know? We've been thinking, I, I, I never expected to win a Scudetto in my lifetime. I'm honest when I say that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we won, in my mind, in my friend's mind, everyone's mind, it, was, it would have been a close race, a close fight for the, uh, for the title. So now it kind of feels weird because everything, everything we expected, our scenarios in our minds, were not what is happening right now at all. It no is... one would have ever thought it was going to be like this. Exactly. Never. No one. Not, Not even our competitors. Years. Yeah. Yeah. 40 different parallel universes. This isn't happening. Yeah. And just look at the journalists before the season. Yeah. Nobody called it. The closest was uh, Nima, who hosts the Italian football podcast. But even he, I don't think, was saying he he called oh, Napoli no dark, dark horses for for the title. But I can't, I personally, and people I'm sure will write in to correct me, I can't think of anyone else. So yeah, I totally agree. Um. Yeah. So, Salernitana at the weekend. Yes. How do you feel going into this? Because it. Just to be really clear, in case that anyone listening hasn't quite got their head around the fixtures, that we're playing Salernitana on Saturday, right? But then it's Lazio Inter on Sunday, so you won't know. In the stadium. This is not known yet. So. They obviously, I think by the time this episode comes out, the news will be official. But we are recording on Wednesday night, and right now they are talking about moving the game. So that's a real possibility. I, I actually, thought that was rejected, or was it not? Is that yeah, still being no, discussed? No. Okay. The one time I tweet and say, "Yeah, the likelihood of this happening is very low," then everything changes. And they said, you know, because when I tweeted that, that uh, request came from a single uh, city councillor. Like this guy always makes weird requests. So I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, whatever. A lot of news articles were like, yeah, Napoli doesn't care about the game moving. The uh, uh, Narcticles came out saying the league said no. So no one wanted it. Like it was an initiative from one guy from the city uh, council. Napoli said, we don't care. The mayor said, yeah, whatever. The league said, I don't think so. And so I tweeted that. I tweeted, yeah, the likelihood of the game being moved is very low. After that, after that tweet, everyone said, you know what? Yes, we're going to move this game. So the mayor got involved. <laughs> the mayor said, no, yeah, we're trying to get it moved. 
the head of the pol Napoli police said, yeah, for public um, safety reasons, we have we are trying to get this game moved. And in Italy, when you mention public safety, then a lot of you know the bureaucracy starts to get smoother and things happen. Oh, is that so, because they want the fans in the stadium because they're easier to control? So is there. That... Uh, Okay, I'm going to say that for me, it's ridiculous. I don't think this game should be moved at all. I'm not talking from the fans' point of view. I'm talking from, I, th I think, an objective point of view. It's, it is ridiculous that they're going to move a game with a two days' notice. They've been knowing about this for a long time. And also, it's not certain that we're going to win it this weekend. So they oh, can, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. doing such a big deal out of this. And then maybe nothing's going to happen, which is ridiculous. And I we have to, to move this game. We have also to move the Udinese game. And... You know, Udinese, is Udinese okay with this? And also, is Salernitana okay with this? It's kind of weird. I don't think this game should be moved. Having said that, from a fan's point of view, it would be amazing. Because yeah, if, we play, if we play at the same time as Lazio-Inter, Inter-Lazio, whatever it is, then it's, you know, if, if those two games go the way we want them to go, then it's going to be great. You know, like... A, such a, such wouldn't a it be deal. wouldn't it be poetic though, Michele, with your I mean, as you said on the show before, you've lived in Udine for, for for a fair bit of time. Napoli winning the Scudetto there. Would you uh, would you would you make the trip? No, I don't know. I decided not to go. It's going to Udine is really it's quite a long trip. It's much it's harder very than far than, away. It's yeah, really it's very far, far away. away. I don't want to be called a plastic because of that, but also, you know, I think I do think. If we win against Salernitana, it's done. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Uh, if it we really win against, right? So, I mean, is it is it worth it going all the way to Udinese? And then, you know, a lot of people say the real celebrations will take place in Napoli. Even if we win away, if we win of in course. Udine, oh, the actual yeah, celebrations yeah, yeah. is gonna are gonna take place in Napoli. So, a lot of people say don't go to Udine. Because you know, like, do you I'm want just to make be sure so you get the right away? exit this time when you go to the airport afterwards? Um, and now I know. Now I know. So, yeah, okay. And presumably, like, every home game is going to be a bit of a party now. I mean, I hope that people don't run out of steam for the last weekend of the season for when, when I will be going over there. But I'm sure no. they won't. Uh, Absolutely not. Things, just for, no. But we're going to talk a bit about... So, again, Marcello, thank you so much for sending your question in. We haven't got to it because we're going to talk about the preparations for all that kind of stuff yeah. a bit. A bit later when we're a bit closer to time. We don't want to um we don't want to uh the word. I mean both of us believe we have stated that now. Yeah, I mean. Uh but you know, just of course. Let's wait until it's signed sealed delivered before we uh we repaint a picture of what the city is like. And perhaps we can also talk about because a lot of our listeners are gonna be there over the weekend of that last mm -hmm. last weekend about if you could get your perspective, Michael, a bit. On yes, as they should. Where to go. As they so, should. Uh, that was great. Thanks for taking me to the airport. Um, <laughs> the Neapolitan expression of the week, Michael. What would you? What What have you found for us that could sum up this incredible period that we've just lived through? Yeah. So uh, I have a few actually. I was going through a few, and there are a lot of phrases of the week which can fit this week and what happened this week i don't want to talk about the milan game because that was very depressing that's gonna be one of those games that there are a few games in napoli's history recent history maybe that i refuse to watch the highlights to so for yeah, example one of these yeah, games yeah. is chelsea napoli 4-1 i 
I have no idea who scored in that game. I remember the English scored, I think. I watched other it in than a that, pub in London, Michele, surrounded by Chelsea fans. It was wow. one of the worst evenings of my life. We were in London together then. I was in London too. Oh, I was you should have you should have come to the Napoli fans club in London. You should have come. Yeah. It was the early yeah. stages of my being anyway. Plastic. Was in this stuff. Plastic. I was I was in a pub full of Chelsea fans anyway. So yeah, um, well, I have a well, I have a few phrases for that Milan game, but I'm gonna delete that because it's I don't want to talk about that. I'm but sure there'll yeah. be an occasion in the future where they'll be relevant again. I'm sure at some point. Yes. So uh, the phrase of the week is about you know this the preparation for the celebrations. Let's say sure. uh, we have a lot to celebrate. Uh, as I said, you know what I wanted to say before is that it's funny. A lot of people are telling me, yeah, I don't really feel it. You know, it is winning. With so many points of advantage, we it doesn't feel right, you know. We don't feel the pressure, we don't feel the tension. I, I guarantee that these people are gonna be the ones crying when the with the title is mathematical. I guarantee that. 100%. I guarantee that because you know it's really gonna hit us at one point. Even though we've been knowing, we've been we've been uh, we've been knowing that for a while now. At one point, it's gonna hit us that we are. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. But it's gonna hit us, and I still can't imagine it. I can't visualize it. I just it, there's no me neither. It doesn't compute. In, me neither. You know, and I've spent it, my entire life being essentially a creative person that has to deal with imagination. And yeah, I just I'm, no, I've got nothing for you. I just can't. I don't know what's gonna be like. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, like I realized that. You know, I've been thinking, you know, people saying, yeah, Napoli Salernitana could be the Scudetto winning game. And I said, oh, yeah, that's nice. And then I realized that it's in three days. I'm not ready for this. I'm really not ready for this. I, yeah. I, you know, a part of me kind of hopes that it doesn't happen. Like, I want that to be postponed all the way because I'm really not ready. I don't know what to expect from myself. I, I'm honest. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about how I'm going to react to this. Because it's, you know, the weight of the weight uh, of all these years and all the stories I've been hearing for so many years from my father, grandfather, and everyone else, is going to hit me at one point. Hmm. You know, the reality of it is going to hit me. Like, all of a sudden, I'm sure, like, it's, it's, it's happened before. It's happened before that I was watching a game and I didn't feel too much tension. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Then the final whistle comes and I start crying like a, like a bitch. It happened before. I didn't expect it at all. I was surprised. By, I was crying and surprised. Like, why am I crying? Like, I didn't, like where, where yeah, is yeah. this coming from? It's happened in the past. So I'm sure it's going to happen again. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. But anyway, the phrase of the week is Storta va dritta vena. Sempre storta un boggi. I repeat. Storta va dritta vena, sempre storta non boghi. In Italian it would be storta va dritta viene, sempre storta non può andare. And okay. in English it would be it goes wrong, it comes right, it goes right, it can always go wrong. I mean, it's kind of like a weird translation, but the gist of it is that if you keep going, if you, what I want to say, if you believe, yeah. Then, then you know, eventually, sooner or later, the luck will turn, and probably things are gonna happen. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to tear up just by reading this stupid sentence. I got very emotional then when you were just... I don't... Yeah, I don't want to... I don't... Oh, man, what a weekend it's going to be. I really... Ah, wow. I'm going to... You know, I promise you, I'm going to... I'm going to take a lot of videos from the stadium. I feel sorry for people who are not going to be there. I can tell you that no one expected... Maybe because we are a little bit depressed for the Milan game, but no one expected the Salinitana game to be the game. Maybe it's not going to be. But I mean, now it could be. It's. I have to uh, give a shout out. Like 50, to, 50. I have to give a shout out to David. He's a member of the Glasgow Napoli group. He's going to be there. Nice. And he actually he lived and worked around uh, Naples and Salernitana for for several years. Nice. And uh, he's there. Nice. Um, and Good he's for a, him. Yeah, I think it's it's great. So yeah, I think it's. It's going to be very shocking and surprising. But what I will say, actually, and genuinely mean this, is don't feel under pressure to do anything. Like, you don't have to take any pictures. You don't have to take any videos. Just do what you want, man. Like, no worries, you've man. Worked, you've worked I, along. You've been here a long time. And you've got to just do the thing that happens. It's going to be passive, in a way. I'm not going to hold my phone. You know, I already, you know, I've, I've had plans, man. I've been, I've been planning for this. Don't worry about it. It's going to turn up covered in GoPros, like your head. Yeah, I did. I actually bought a camera just for Both this. nipples, like the whole thing. It would be like <laughs> just entirely GoPro. Um, there we go. That's, I pay good money to see all of this. Guy. Yeah, okay, cool. Right. Well, that's been emotional. <laughs> I'm going to go and lie down and sob. Um, so if you'd like more of this top quality emotional content, head to at Shadow of Vesuvio or give Michele a follow at Napoli Tickets. I'm at Henry Bell Calcio. Um, we're part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Much of the network is going to be in Naples for the last weekend. Hey to all of you and lots of love to Ken. Um who might not be, but you know, we'll be thinking of you. You'll be in our hearts. Um, Plastic. Yeah, plastic. I'm joking. Um, love you really. And uh yeah, what a season. Let's let's enjoy it at the weekend. So uh take care everybody and Forza Napoli. Stem pre. Adieu. Adieu.